Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We're continuing to discuss Second Samuel in our morning Bible study. We're happy you're here to join us. Let's pray. All right, thank you. Um, last night, we prayed slightly differently this morning. Last night as I was resting, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about people with blood pressure issues. So I want to pray for them this morning, um, according to mm-hmm. the word of the Lord and what he said to me last night. So Father, we thank you. We just honor you and we bless you and we glorify your name, most high God, because you are above all. You are a good God, and you are more than enough to supply all of our needs, including our health, God. We just thank you for being the I am that I am. You are the Lord, our God, who heals us. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that says, by Jesus' stripes, we were already healed. So we just take that application of your word and your healing, Lord God, to the bodies of people that are suffering with high blood pressure, Lord God, or low blood pressure or uncontrolled diabetes, God. And we just thank you for those things. We bring them under your name, Lord Jesus, and we cast the care of them on your feet. We take our healing right now, Jesus. We take that healing that belongs to your people, that belongs to us in your name and your blood, Jesus Christ. We also forgive. If we have ought against anyone that is causing a door to be open to the, any, to the enemy to bring about sickness and disease in the body of your believers, we bind it up right now, Jesus. We cancel that unforgiveness. We close those doors by operating in grace, Lord God, and forgiveness towards others. We release them from their obligation towards us. We release them from that debt, and we call it paid by your blood, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Lord. We believe we receive it. And we have it now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. There's no more worry, no doubt, no fear or unbelief concerning it. We have it now, Lord. We thank you for it. We take it by faith and we let others go, God. And we ask you to bless them as well. Keep them safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, God. We thank you for being in our midst as you always are because you are our most high God. You love us and we love you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for your counsel, God, the spirit of counsel and might and wisdom that belongs to you and has been blessed and shed abroad in your people, God. We thank you for that, being alive and active and powerful in our lives today. Quicken your word to us by your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you to have your way in our midst, God, to do what it is that you want to do and to bring about and cause to come to pass the things that you desire, what's near to your heart, Lord. We just glorify you, God, and we thank you. We praise you and we bless your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so we are in 2 Samuel chapter 6 today. Um, So let's get to the word. Can I get someone to volunteer and read the first Uh, 15 verses, please. I will. All right, Layla. It says, Again David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baalai Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nakon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. 
David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So, beginning with you guys, is there anything the Holy Spirit revealed to you, or that you have questions or comments about concerning this section of Scripture? I find it interesting in the 15th verse when it said that um, David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting with the sound of the trumpet. It reminded me of when he said he was, when Jesus was coming back, that the trumpets and everything else would blow. Not the ones that were going to destroy stuff, but at the end to announce his glory like that. I found it interesting, and they're, um, they're the choice of instruments, it interests me, okay. I'd say. Like harps tambourines. I don't know what a sistrum is, but I don't know. In symbols, it was um, a very interesting choice of musical instruments to play out of all that could have been played, like flutes, but it's just... Instead of this quiet, soft, melodic Yes, they have. It was these. very loud and yes. celebratory. <clears throat> Victorious music. Uh -huh. Yeah, that is interesting. Anyone else? I also find it interesting. It said, "And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah." So, I was wondering why Morsa was. Why David was angry? Originally, when I first read it, I like a while back. I thought he was angry. So I was wondering why he was trying angry. Mm -hmm. What? And I didn't know it because that just seemed all sorts of weird and wrong. To be angry with the Lord? Yes, because Jonah did the same thing, and he was wrong in his perspective. The Lord admonished Jonah for doing that when he was talking about admonished him. Is that what you said? Yes, when he was talking about Nineveh, and he said he was angry and to death. He said, I want to die. The Lord said, do you have a right to be angry? Mm -hmm. No. So I was um, kind of wondering why David was angry. That's a good question. Um, I think if we look at the side... And we look at humanity, right? We look at people. God, he knows who we are. He knows our weaknesses. David had an actual relationship with the Lord, right? Yes. yes. And just like you sometimes get angry with us because you don't understand what we're doing, it's a natural and a, hum a human thing to happen, right? Yes. yes. Um I, I love the Lord, and I think that he doesn't get upset with us when we are upset with him. It's a matter of what we do when we're upset, right? Yes. That, yes. that creates issue. People get angry with God and blame him for things, and then they go off and live this separate life from God, and they rebel against him and shut him out. Um, God doesn't have a problem with us asking him questions and wanting to understand why something happened that we didn't expect or anticipate. He wants us to come to him. But what he doesn't want is for us to take that anger and feel like we have more righteousness than he does. He doesn't want us to become wrathful and unforgiving towards him. He doesn't want us to separate 
ourselves from him and discard, disregard our relationship with him. So when, when someone has a real relationship with someone else, as we are told to have and we should have with our God through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, it's normal that that might happen. I didn't understand that. And it naturally, because those are a part of our emotions, yeah. right? They are a part of our soul. We have emotions in our soul. It's normal that that comes about. Like, I just didn't understand that, God, and I need you to help me. The problem comes in when people take that and allow it to become a place for the enemy, and they don't deal with it. So um, he didn't understand. David, in his mind, was probably like, I did everything right. I praised you. I've been living holy before you, God. I love you, and you know that. Why did this man die? First and foremost, our God loves us, and he is holy. He is still God, right? Yes. He is the same God that no one can look upon his face and live. He is that God. Does he love us? Yes, dearly, truly, and entirely, and completely. Does he want us near and close to him? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And he wants us to understand who he is all the way around in its fullness. It's not his desire that any of us should perish, right? Yes. When Moses said, I want to see your glory, what did he do for him? He covered him and passed by. He, he let him know, you can't look on my face. You just can't take it. You can't tolerate it. You will die, right? Yes. But... He put him in the cleft of a rock. He put him in a safe place, right? Yes. And covered him with his hand until he passed by, then allowed him to see his back side, right? And declared yes. his glory as he went by. Mm -hmm. He honored Moses in that request because that's how he feels about us, right? That's how much yes. he loves us is he wants us to have the things that will bring us joy and First and foremost, we should find joy in him. Absolutely. He should be our joy. He is our exceedingly great reward. Yes. So David. Which is king. He is mm -hmm. not the stuff, the blessings and benefits that are provided. He, the Lord, is our reward. The rest is additional blessings and benefits. But he, the Lord, is our reward, our inheritance. Just so we're all clear on that. Mm -hmm. Yep, there are all the goodness comes from him. Absolutely. It's not him and all the goodness or all the goodness and him. All He's, the goodness comes as a result of him, yes, the Lord. He is the prize, he is the reward. Exactly. Which is a wonderful thing, a great thing. Um but David looking at looking at it from a position of being a human going I thought I was doing everything right. Why did this happen? God is holy, and his way of thinking is the one that is right. So if there ever comes a point of contention, it is not your way of thinking that's correct. Oh, no. God is always right. And if there's fault to be found with between us. us and him, it is always with us and not ever, never, 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 not ever with our Most High God. Now, you can ask him mm -hmm. to teach you, to show you, to reveal his ways, his thoughts, and, and the why. And mm -hmm. he can and will. However, that, uh, that comes with a choice, uh, a mindset of setting ourselves in a place to learn, to receive the instruction. We can't continue in sin or in opposition to the Lord and then Expect that he will teach us, if you will, when we are set to be in opposition against him. Mm -hmm. He's not obligated. Right? I mean, let's look at well, I mean, our own lives, whether it was us as children or for those that are mm -hmm. parents and have children. How can you really teach someone who has set themselves to be in opposition for you? Are they mm -hmm. actually getting anything out of the instruction you're giving them? Instruction, education, equipping, any of that. No. No. They, they heard it, sure. For half of them, it's in one ear and not the other. 
but they haven't actually received it. Hard ground, hard hearts, can't receive. It's impossible. The word of the Lord, the words from the Lord, right? Can't receive the seed. So, hmm. however, if we set ourselves in a place, in a mindset, quieting our, our soul and our spirit, right, to receive the instruction of the Lord to, like David says all the times in the Psalms, teach me your ways and your thoughts. If we set ourselves in that place where we are willing to learn, to receive the Lord's ways, the Lord's part, mm -hmm. uh, thoughts, impartation of knowledge, revelation of those things in, in, in our lives that we can apply them and walk in them, absolutely the Lord is more than willing to instruct. Mm -hmm. When we desire to understand him, he makes himself known. Exactly. Right. And, and when I say desire to understand, I'm not, trying, I'm not so talking about trying to topple God, invest him in knowledge, oh, no. or debate him, or refute God. I'm talking about the one whose heart is pure towards God, the one who is willing to keep his commandments and does keep his commandments. Because the Lord Jesus already said that when we love him, when we keep his commandments, that he and the Father, they will manifest themselves to us, right? Yes. And the Holy Spirit, that, that's already a commitment that the Lord has made, so we don't have to try to wrestle him out of it. But we also already know he, he understands and discerns motives and intentions. So even when you don't understand things, let your heart be pure towards God and know that he is right. And he is God. And we've already discovered and disclosed that it is not God who comes to steal, kill, or destroy. But it's, in fact, the devil. Right? Yes. Jesus revealed that secret to us Long ago. in his earthly ministry. That the thief comes not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. But he came. That we, made that we might have life and life more abundantly. That wasn't a new concept for God. He's always been this God, the life giver, right? Yes. Not the destroyer, not the life taker. And you might go, how can we say this? Well, let's look at his track record. Look at the evidence. When Satan rebelled against him, did he kill him? No. no could have as well within his right isn't he all power for god yes absolutely but he did not what about adam and eve when they rebelled against him and committed high treason nope. no no he had to remove them from the garden because, he said, if they take of the tree of life, they will live forever in this fallen state. Now, how did I know he meant the fallen state that he was talking about? He had already given them eternal life. Mm -hmm. They already had it. Yes. And when we are restored, and when the end comes, right, and everything is resolved and finished up, and we go back and the heavenly community again becomes one, mm -hmm. Right, the new heaven in Jerusalem and her people. Right? Yes. Where does what is there? Restored back to the Father. Absolutely. The tree of life is there. The tree and we are able to eat from it. Right, but eternal life is there. Exactly. That's always been his will. He's never changed. He's always been the same God, the same good God, right? Yes. He told them now that you've done this, this is what you open the door to. This is what happened. But you cannot stay like this in this fallen state forever because he has a plan of redemption for us. Right? Yes. yes. Moses. Mm -hmm. When he... And Aaron. Because Aaron goes lumped into that as well. I was just talking about the striking the rock. The okay, yeah, yes. Got it. Um, when Moses disrespected the Lord and did not... Revere the Lord as, as holy. Yes. He didn't strike him down. 
he lived out his life, and, and the Lord blessed him continuously. In still. health and strength. And not, not because of, I'll say it in this way, because clearly Moses repented mm-hmm. and came back yes. into alignment with the Lord, so he w- the Lord was able, willing, as he is, to bless and continue to bless him. and lived out a long life, and he had lost eyesight, strength, or vigor mm-hmm. right throughout all his days. He was just wasn't allowed to enter the promised land. Yes. Able to see it, but not enter. What about we just we're talking about it in First Samuel? What about King Saul? He didn't strike him down, but he lived out well the rest of his days to a point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. To give opportunity to come back into or to repent and come back mm-hmm. into alignment with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So. Just off of this, thus far, you can see the pattern with the Lord. The Lord is gracious, abounding in mercy and truth. All right, Exodus 34. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Five through nine. All mm-hmm. the characteristics, the nature, I'll say just the character of the Lord, how the Lord describes himself. And you see that exercised, demonstrated. Throughout the entirety of his word. Mm-hmm. Now, you may say, well, what about Uzzah here? Mm-hmm. Because it very plainly states that the anger of the Lord was aroused against him. And it says, God struck him there for his error. So, how do you explain that? I mean... Obviously, the Lord didn't strike him down. But I'd also like to point out, like, the Lord noted it to me. Uzzah knew better. He should have because the ark was living with him for however many years. And undoubtedly, somebody touched it at one point, and they saw the consequences. And I get, like, he was trying to catch it from falling, but he knew better. It's not that someone else touched it. How does the Lord describe it? When the Lord said to create the ark. Well, that's what she's talking about. Okay. <coughs> but I mean, like, why in the house? You know, people are busy bodies. They want to touch it and look at it. Ooh, what it's this? Like, if they're children? Yes. Around. So they, they don't know. They've seen the consequences. And not that the Lord is like that, but undoubtedly somebody has touched it at one point, And he knew what was going to happen. And, and that was a risk he was willing to take. Well, and, got, and more clearly, the Lord said carry it on poles. Yes. He gave them instructions. They told them the Lord of hosts, right, um, actually names it in the first couple verses here. Vale uh, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is, by the name, the Lord of hosts, whom dwells between the cherubim. So they, they knew how important it was. He told them this is where his presence dwells. Right at this time, before the Lord Jesus came and was a living sacrifice for our sins and yes. placed his blood on the mercy seat, this is where his presence dwelt. And they told him, reverence it as holy. This, treat it and carry it a certain way. So what you're saying is that he didn't follow the instructions that had already been given. Yes. Kind of like, don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. Okay. And Uzzah, they all should have known that. They should not have moved it if they were unsure. But this, they never put it on a cart. All their victories and battles, everything they knew about it, it had always been carried on the poles because that's what God said. Right. Yes. The Philistines, not knowing better, put it mm-hmm. on the cart mm-hmm. and, and let it go, right? Yep. So a couple things I want to point out here. And you see? God treated them, right? He had mercy on them. He covered them in returning it, putting it on the, yoked it up with the, the cows that had never been yoked, yes. leaving their babies at home. And it still, you know, went up the road to where, where it was supposed to be. Yes. Um, so in 1 John 5, Verse, I'll say, 16. 
-hmm. and 17. John, formerly uh, a, a disciple with Jesus, but then one of the apostles writes this. If anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, mm -hmm. he will ask, and he, that is the Lord, will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. Mm -hmm. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Mm -hmm. And then he further clarifies and says, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Okay, so... What was your talk about Uzzah here? Uzzah says he committed an error. He was struck down for that error. Now, for many, they, when they look at sin leading to death, the first thought that typically comes to, to mind is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Right? Oh, yes. No. Unpardonable sin. Right? But that's... Not the only sin that leads to death. But if we look at mm -hmm. the Lord's instructions, right, that he gives the priests in Numbers. Uh, numbers 4. The Lord is giving instructions as to who is going to carry the ark and, and, um, mm -hmm. and all of those things, right? How they should... How they should do, it, yep, what, what they, sh they should do, how they should set up the sanctuary. When, right? I mean, they, he gave very specific Very specific details. details. But in verse 15 of Numbers 4, it says, And when Aaron have his, and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set to go, then the sons of Kohath, which are one of the, uh, I'll say, part of Levi, the tribe of Levi, they shall come to carry them. But they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. These are the things in the tabernacle of meaning which the sons of Kohath are to carry. Right, so, just going on, everything in there was holy. Mm -hmm. And then, further down, he says, um, Do this in regard to them, that they may live... And not die when they approach, this is verse 19, the most holy things. Right? Aaron and his son shall go in and appoint each of them to his service and his task. But they shall not go in to watch while the holy things are being covered, lest they die. So, it's, now we don't have the Ark of the Covenant here. All right, the Lord has taken that. However, you can see there were more... There was more than one thing leading to death, more than one sin leading to death, right? All disobedience is sin. Disobedience to what oh, sorry, God yes, has said. Yes, yes. Exactly. All disobedience to what God has said is sin. This was a command he gave, and he let them know right there the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. It immediately resulted in death, mm -hmm. which you see played out here with Uzzah, but it's not the only time you saw it. Uh, you were looking at First Samuel chapter 6, right? When they received the ark back from the Philistines, the people of Israel, children of Israel received the ark back from the Philistines. And what did they do? They peered into it. Okay, so in order to peer into it, right, as, as it says in, um, well, it's in Exodus, but also in Numbers, right, about the mercy seat sits on top of the ark. So they had to push that out of the way. Remove the ark, which is where the Lord dwells, right? Excuse me. He sits, he sat, in, or stood, or whatever it is, in between the cherubim on the top of the ark. Mm -hmm. So they pushed the Lord out of the way and peered into it, mm. touching a holy thing, removing. <laughs> to push it aside. To, to push it aside. And then you see that it said 50,070 people were struck down. That's in First Samuel 6, verse 19. And it caused well, lamenting. People were sorrowful. So you see the same thing played out here as well. So yes, in, in your, your comment, Kyla, about people saw the result already. Yes, it's true. Not so much in the they house. They should have learned the lesson. Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Yes. Well, <laughs> there clearly has been a period of time. And, well, people forget. 
if they're not keeping the focus, right, following the commands, the instructions of the Lord, his precepts, his commandments, well, there's a tendency to forget some things. Yes. So it is our responsibility to stay diligent, to continually keep the Lord before our face, and in prayer, in constant, I'll say contact and communion with the Lord, receive the instruction that he has to give us. He has the Holy Spirit, right, which he sent to bring to remembrance Mm -hmm. all that he has said. Mm -hmm. Are you with me so far? Yes. Yes. And then that is also why it is important to, when we look at this, we have to also, this section especially, look at Chronicles. Which one, honey? First Chronicles, I'll say chapter 15. Because a lot's happened, right? Of course, Uzzah's, you know, has died. Mm-hmm. He's been struck down. And, and we have to look at that. I'll, I'll say, I'll add this part to it, if you will. Uzzah was struck down, why? By the Lord? Mm-hmm. No. Because the Lord removed his covering. Yep, absolutely. That is why Uzzah was struck down, because he was disobedient, right? He that knows, right, the scripture that says, he that knows what's right to do and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. He should have known, Mm -hmm. as we all should know, right? So he should have known, and he was disobedient. And, well, you could say was judged immediately for it. As James 4, 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Exactly. So, this was one of those sins that, well, in this case, Uzzah was immediately judged for. So when the, it is the, the protection and the covering of the Lord that keeps us safe from the curse. Exactly. That is in the earth. And that right? only comes yes. from obedience. We saw that in the land of Goshen. They were protected by the Lord, and everywhere else was plague. Exactly. Right? Yes. Okay. So think of it spiritually. If we live in under the shadows of the wing of the Almighty, right? If we remain in that covering and fellowship and enclosed by that hedge of protection, then we're safe. However, nothing by any means will harm us. Mm-hmm. But if we... When the protection is removed, certain things garner a more rapid, more speedy death, if you will, or result. Yes. Um, Let's let's look at Job. Job? Job, yeah. What Uh happened with Job? He went before the Lord, and the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? You're talking about Satan. Satan, yes. Satan went before the Lord. Satan went before the Lord, yes. (laughs) Okay. In the book of Job, Satan goes before the Lord, Mm -hmm. and the Lord says, have you not considered my servant Job? And clearly the answer without saying it directly was, yes, I have considered him. Right? Satan had considered Job. Absolutely. You've been trying to get right? in there. Clearly. Because what is, what is Satan's response? It says, you have a hedge of protection all about him. In other words, I can't get to him. Mm-hmm. So he had considered him. He scouted it out, planned, tried to... He had been working on it. Exactly. But there was a covering. He was in the, the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord was his strong tower, mm-hmm. his fortress, his shield, and his buckler. Okay. So, in this case, disobedience removes the covering. Mm-hmm. And I want to I share a secret with you, share something with you. You may already know it. You may have heard it before. But I want to remind you of something. In Genesis 15, 15, um, we'll see. I'll start reading there. Now God is talking to Abraham when they made a covenant and he cut the, um, the animals in half except for a couple of them. And uh-huh. um, a deep sleep came upon Abram and the Lord spoke with him. Verse 15 says, Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Do you see that? 
the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So in other words, there was time. The Lord had given time, grace and mercy, for them to come back into, or repent and come back into alignment with him, or just the opportunity to do that period. Mm-hmm. However, the Lord already knowing what they were going to choose, what they had chosen or were going to continue in, he was still given grace. But right, scripture also tells us sin, when it reaches its fullness, produces death. So it appears, not appears, but there's, it looks like a measure, right? If it's not complete, that means it's on its way to being full. When sin reaches its fullness, its completion, it brings forth death. Right? So some things, there's not time for whatever reason, or there's not the opportunity. The death is brought forth right then. Other things, time goes by. But rest assured, it all leads to the same place. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So as we continue, right? So... In First Chronicles, we haven't covered that part yet. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Oh, I had to take a, I'll say a slight detour. Okay. Um, just to fully understand where we're at, but then also everything that, that is going on with this. Because in the second part of what we read, right, they do move the ark, correct? Oh, uh, in verses 11 through 15, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's first, the ark remained at Obed-Edom's house. Mm-hmm. And then, eventually, they do move it from the house of Obed-Edom, the ark, that is, to the city of David, to mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in First Chronicles 15, the ark is brought to Jerusalem. Okay? okay? But there are some very interesting points that need to get brought out. Uh, yeah, in verse 1, they prepare a place for the ark and pitch a tent for it. In verse 2, David says this, No one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and minister before him forever. Mm-hmm. So this is David, the king, instructing the people to include the Levites, the, the priests, whose job and duty it is to know what the Lord says, and to walk in it, right? Yes. To teach the people how to walk in it. Now, so here's David instructing them. Um, but then, and, and he, there's a, a list from verses 4 through uh, 11 of the people that are going to, to do this and, and, and the numbers and all that, right? But then in verse 12... He instructs the priests specifically. And it says, He said to them, You are the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. And then in verse 13, it's a key point, another key point. Mm -hmm. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us. And here's the key. Because we did not consult him about the proper order. Mm-hmm. So, what we have been saying here in this, in this part, right? The priest's job, duty, responsibility was to know the word and to teach the people so they could apply it to their lives and live it out. But here, we see that they, for whatever reason, had forgotten. They didn't do the proper necessary things, right? So not treating the Lord as holy. They didn't sanctify themselves or set themselves apart for the service of the Lord. And then in verse 13, whether they remembered the instructions given by the Lord to Moses and to Aaron and the Levites or not, David says, you didn't consult the Lord. You didn't do it the first time. You didn't do these things. You didn't and take the time to go find out. To go Exactly. And then 
I love how David includes himself in this. We did not consult him about the proper order. Mm-hmm. So in other words, that, that denotes there was already the <coughs> expectation that you knew what the priests, in this case, being the you, knew the priests were supposed to know what to do and expected them to do their job. Mm-hmm. But David includes himself in the we didn't consult him. That ultimately, custom. exactly, mm-hmm. that was David's custom. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it, it bothered him because it resulted in someone dying. So, back to your question, Charles. You see mm-hmm. David, he went through that time of being upset with the Lord, right? But then he didn't stay there. He, he came back forward. to find his God and go, Lord, okay, what help happened? me to understand what's going on. Right, because he desired to maintain his relationship. He understood that clearly God couldn't be the one wrong. Right, it had to be something else that he didn't didn't see. So you see that here in First Chronicles fifteen verse thirteen, he at some point he went back and sought the Lord and made it right and took responsibility and repented and humbled himself and said, it wasn't God, it was us, right? Yes. And he didn't go, it was you, it was all your fault, but he, like your dad said, he included himself in that. So he got understanding and was able to come back now, back to Second Samuel chapter 6, and bring the ark home and celebrate. We have a responsibility to know who God is, to know what he expects from us and what he requires from us. And we have an obligation to represent him and keep him as holy, not only before our eyes, but in the presentation and the picture that we present to other people of who God is. Exactly. Not just about what it looks like on the surface, but actually knowing God, his nature, his character, his thoughts and his ways, and demonstrating that out in sincerity, in truth. And it helped David to have confidence before God. Understanding who God is and realizing, okay, he's not unjust, he's not fickle, he's not lightning bolts and make you suffer. That's not who God is. Learning that, oh God, you are right. I missed this. Helps us to have confidence before him so that David can now come back and, and, and dance and celebrate and bring the ark home, which is what he desired was to be near the Lord, be near the presence of the Lord, right? Yes. So that's an, an admonishment for us, an encouragement for us to keep coming closer to God and learn about him. Study his word. Take the time to do that. Find out what he has to say and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want? What do you think about this? What is your opinion of this? And then once you find out, once he tells you, align yourself with this, make yourself fit into that. Not try to make him fit you. But in there is also the key. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have his word, his instruction that he's given us, mm-hmm. has been written down, mm-hmm. that we can learn. Mm-hmm. Do not exclude his voice. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that was exactly what David was stating to the priests. You didn't consult him. You didn't allow the Lord the opportunity to remind you, to teach you, to instruct you. To come in on, on your behalf. how to proceed yeah. on the plan. Because mm-hmm. perhaps had they inquired, he would have said, Uza, hey, hey, son, get the poles. Get back. Get or, the poles. Right? Put it on the poles. He would have said that to all of them. He would have ministered to that. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Okay? He's, yes, he's made his approach to us. Right? We Jesus. have to yes. invite him. Exactly. He's already presented himself. Here I am. All that I have is yours. Come to me, right? All that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's already said that to us. Now it's your job to go, yes, sir, I will take you up on that. I welcome you in, Holy Spirit. Yes, I will have your presence. Yes, Jesus, you can come in. He doesn't kick your door down and make you accept him. He allows us, he lets us have our choice, doesn't he? Yes. Okay, so let him come in. Ask him to come in. You always have time for that. If you have, don't have time for anything else, you have time to invite the Holy Spirit in and to welcome the presence of God. You have time for that. 
And we see that in the section of scripture also. Because what happens with Obed-Edom's house? He's blessed. Doesn't say how he's blessed, does it? No. no. You want to know how he's blessed? Because the Lord's there. He's oh. invited, he's welcomed the Lord into his house. Mm -hmm. But also, there denotes an aspect of obedience. What are the blessings of obedience? Deuteronomy 28, the first the part first of it. first 14 verses. Mm -hmm. Let's read them. Give me a second to turn there. Thank you. Okay. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you have set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Obed-Edom invited the Lord in, made a place for the Lord in his house, or first in his life, and in his house. And it very simply states, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God, which we know was the Lord and where the Lord dwelt. But the Lord has made a way and an opportunity for him to dwell in each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. his desire, to dwell in you, within you. You have to invite him in. That's a choice. You have to welcome him in and make a place for him and serve him. Fully, completely, in all things. Mm -hmm. That is a pattern example for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's something that David recognized also. Yeah. Which is why he wanted to move the ark to where he was. Mm -hmm. The city of David, in Jerusalem. He knew, and now this is, again, talking about the physical ark, Right? Physical, yes. tangible ark. But the Lord dwelling in you is also physical and tangible. His, his glory is a physical, tangible thing. It's weighty. It's heavy. 
So we can have the same thing. The desire, again, here, even with David, was that the Lord would dwell with him where he was. And that that's also scripture, right? I will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. He's with us wherever we go. So this is a, I'll say a type and shadow, a pattern and example of how we should be and conduct our daily life. We have the Lord, those that have made the choice to, to serve the Lord, that he is our God, and us choosing to be his people. Amen. Have. He's with us. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. And we should act accordingly. good amen all right so let's continue and okay yes let's pause there for today because this is a there's a lot that we've covered here so we'll we'll pause there for today let everyone can meditate Mm -hmm. on that and let the lord minister and speak to you and we will resume this again Mm -hmm. next time thank you we have someone close out in prayer please i will all right sir Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for putting it on our hearts to pray for everybody and giving Mommy the uh, vision, I guess it was, to pray for people that have diabetes and blood pressure, Lord. I just continue to thank you for them and putting them on the earth, Lord, so that way they can be a blessing and demonstrate your power, Lord, on earth, Lord. But I also just thank you for your mercy, Lord, and that you don't strike us down for everything, Lord. And you give us a chance to come repent back to you, Lord, and to come back into your covering grace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, we love you. Pray that you are blessed, mm-hmm. and God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.